G, I put a thousand jumpers up. Word to Dapper J, I put a thousand jumpers up. When I'm ending off my day, I put a thousand jumpers up. What's up, y'all? This is Malik Obi. You listening to a thousand jumpers? Listen, man, we dropping gems on this on this show. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You got two ears and one mouth. Close your mouth and listen to something good right now, man. edition uh we got the nfl draft this week i got my guy rob black rob bobby g my name Hello. is J. we got a special guest man someone i, I respect you know I, I see on the timeline always dropping gems uh he support black or hbcu athletes and we are all hbcu you know alum and um yeah man one, one of the best doing it malik ob welcome to a thousand jumpers bro I appreciate y'all having me on, definitely. Ooh. You know, we got to definitely support each other as HBCU graduates and young black men and trying to do our, do our thing out here and create the change we want to see. So I'm, I'm happy to be on. Yeah, man. Right. And there's a lot we got to talk about, but let's, let's get to more of the football aspect with the draft this week. First, how did, how did you get into scouting? And how did that make you, I guess, such an advocate for HBCU athletes? So I told you when I, when you told me when you asked me to come, I told you I was going to give you good, elaborate answers. So I got to tell this story from the beginning. So and that's when cool, I first, man. We got number time, dog. <laughs> when I when I first went to Morgan, you know, what I'm saying when I first graduated, I wasn't ready to go to college. I was ready to go to college, but I wasn't ready for college. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And I went to college, and I was just man. I, went, I got to Morgan. And I was just, I was having the time of my damn life, you know what I'm saying? And, um, the first time I, the first time I dropped out, I got, um, I was on academic probation. And I was just like, I, w- I want to go home. You know what I'm saying? I did a year at home at PG co- Community College and I was just like, yeah, I want to go back. <laughs> and then when you, I went you, back, you, you. <laughs> I, when I went back, I was just like, uh, yeah, I got, I got, I, I got to do what I got to do. So you know, I'm, I'm, up, I'm back at Morgan. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm, I'm, I'm catching up with my people. You know, I transfer my credits over and all that stuff. Mind you, I forgot to say at that time, the first year I was there, I didn't have a major. I was just doing general ed. I come back. I'm still trying to figure out my major. Towards that second semester I was there, I was just like, okay, you know, what is my interest? What is, what is it that I like to do? And I'm just like, I like to write. I never had nothing less than a B, and I love sports. You know what I'm saying? And, and I played sports in high school, and, uh, you know, this is what I want to do, you know. So um, when I went back, yeah, I was I was starting off on, you know, journalism program. And um, what happened was my mom got sick. Uh, she had... Uh, she had uh, got diagnosed with breast cancer and I was just like, yeah, that's it. I, I got to go home and, you know, help out and all that stuff. So I went home, came back home and I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? She was just like, look, you know, 
I'll be all right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do for yourself right now. You gotta go live your dreams type thing. And basically with that, I I went back. You know what I'm saying? Um, so my girl, between her and my girl, that, that kind of influenced me to go back. So I went back and then it was just like, you know, I'm a hundred percent focused on this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a do what I gotta do to graduate. You know what I'm saying? But then I just, it wasn't even just about graduating. It was just about taking in the whole experience as in actually in the classroom and in the program and stuff. Like before that, I was just like having a good time. That is the school part of it was a blur. I was having a good time. You know what I'm saying? And then I really buckled down. I was just like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I'm, you know, I, and, and when I really realized that when I got back, you know, the school had changed. Um, they, you know, basically said, you know, we're just going to go from the school of journalism to uh, multi, you know, multimedia journalism, global right. journalism, this and that other, just adapting to the times. And it was just like, you know, they brought in these new professors and stuff. So I had uh, Milton Kent, who was already there. He was my professor um, before I left. And I don't, I've probably been in that class like five times. When I came back, like I realized stuff about him that I didn't even know. Like, you know, he, he, he covered the bullets from the transition from the bullets to the wizards. He covered, uh, the, the Orioles for, for Cal Ripken's entire time there, Jordan, everybody, you know. So once I talked to, you know, once I met him, I'm like, okay, well, okay, I'm interested. And then, you know, we have, you know, Pulitzer Prize winners like ER Ship and, you know, we had a couple other people that did sports. So I was just like, okay, let me just, really get into this let me really because i liked writing and it was just like okay and then they was just like you know what we got if you want to be a sports writer we're gonna help you be a sports writer you gotta you know find what your niche is gonna be you're gonna start working on your brand and then we're gonna just help you develop that so um they was you know they was like okay everybody has a beat you know so i was you know i was already really supportive of morgan because i had played football in high school and then you know i you know i started you know i had some issues with my shoulder you know multiple dislocations and i just stuck to basketball (laughs) so once i stopped playing football it was just like i still love football you know so i was going to the morgan games anyway i met them you know i'm even 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 when i first got there i'm like man they should be they should be playing a three four defense because this and and you know everybody else is drunk and high i'm focused though you know what i'm saying so like <laughs> once i got to doing the journalism part you know what i'm saying i'm just like okay i get to cover the games for free i get to write about this for free so you know i'm you know talking to coaches on another level most of the people in my class they just you know they're trying to get their stuff but they they nervous i'm like you know breaking down this and that and the other with the coaches so you know and then a lot of players were from pg county dc stuff so some of them I already knew so it was just like a transition of like you know being able to get in the door and get some good conversation with them and then once that was able i was able to do that and establish myself as one of the head writers there it was just like, okay, well, you know, let me take it to the next next level. And um, Dean Wickham, he was just like, hey, whatever y'all want to do, I'm supporting it. If you find something that you want to do, I will fund you to get there. So the first year I went to the NFL Combine, he funded that. You know what I'm saying? And, and he gave me the money to get there, but I wasn't important enough to get credentials. So I'm hopping over the gate to, you know, interview <laughs> players and stuff like that. Whatever you got to do type thing. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, find a person that could uh, relate to me and, you know what I'm saying, tra- talk my way in there, somebody that looked like me, and talk my way in, you know, into the press box or the media area and go from there. And then it was, okay, well, you know, they really exposed us to a lot. So it wasn't just that, you know, it was like even analytics. They was like, well, you can go to the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Boston. 
you know, so mm-hmm. everybody else is in class. They put you on a plane. You know, you get on a plane at five in the morning, you get to Boston, and you know, you you out there fending for yourself. So I was, it was a lot of stuff that we were doing, and then and then um, <clears throat> I was doing a lot of internships. I just, you know, once I once I started really getting into it, it was just like it was passion for me, and it was just like I had this whole goal, like, you know, I'm gonna do whatever I got to do. So once I graduate, I can set myself to be in the position I want to be. And then, and you know, it didn't really turn out like that. I had five internships in two years, and this and that and the other, and I just had this idea that once I graduated, you know, the Oakland Raiders were gonna swoop me up, fly me out there, and I'd be a beat rapper and all that stuff, but it didn't happen like that. You know what I'm saying? So I just started back at square one, like, okay, well, what else can I do to separate myself? What is it else is it that I'm passionate about? And I'm looking at Morgan, I'm like, okay, well, I'm here every weekend. I know the talent that they're playing and they're playing with. I want to talk about HBCU players. And then, you know, I know, you know, I know Jerry Rice went to Mississippi Valley State and Walter Payton went to Jackson State and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these people that went to all these HBCUs, but the common person doesn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Many consider Jerry Rice the greatest HBCU player ever, but they wouldn't send their kid to a black school what they perceive as a black school. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, it was, became a mission for me to inform as many people as possible about the history of our schools, especially because I was also, um, before I came back to Morgan, I was also co- uh, coaching. And um, we had a couple of kids in their senior year trying to figure out exactly what schools they want to go to. So, you know, Morgan and D.C. is is, is right there. So, of course, they're going to come trying to recruit. And they're like, I'm not going to Morgan. You never go to the NFL from there. And da, 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 da. And first of all, it's like, you know, it's your, it's your work ethic. It's what you do that brings the schools. I mean, excuse me, the teams and, and the scouts and everything, first of all. But second of all, it's just like, okay, I got to inform them of that. You know what I'm saying? So if I got to inform my team, I got to try to inform the masses. So that that been my whole thing. It's like, you know, let me put people onto this talent at these HBCUs. Let me tell people the history of it. And especially as a, as a Raiders fan and somebody that writes about the Raiders, a team like that, that has so much history, not only with HBCUs, but like pioneering in terms of, of first modern black coach and most HBCU players ever drafted from a school, uh, drafted to a team, most HBCU players in the Hall of Fame, uh, first Mexican coach, first Mexican quarterback, first Mexican quarterback starting the Super Bowl, win a yep. Super Bowl, first female CEO and all type of stuff. Raiders, that's their history, you know? So it's like that, 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 that made even more personal for me. They're like, okay, this is the team I care about. This team I'm going to cover and try to do my best to do what I do and then set myself apart. Because also, the last thing is it's also different than back in the day because, you know, when I first got to Morgan, it was like, you know, you could still just graduate, know somebody and get a job. But now, as a writer, but now it's like, Anybody can be a writer. Anybody can start a blog. Anybody can start a podcast. You compete in, you know, and I like the competition, but it's something that you definitely got to get adjusted to. So just all at once. Once I got my foot in the door, a taste of this, it's like, I'm, I'm going to keep going, like, as hard as I can. So that was that was that whole thing. That, talk about elaborate. Uh, <laughs> you weren't playing with that, but nah, I, 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 I appreciate it because one, I'm a, I'm a history buff and sports buff. So the the fact that, like you said, a lot of people don't know that two of the maybe five greatest football players ever went to HBCUs. Like that doesn't really get talked about. Again, we we worship Jerry Rice, but we don't mention yo he went to you know like an HBCU like that never comes up in conversation so the fact that you kind of acknowledge that is, is real um right and then just just saying like from 
and and you being a Raiders fan, and again, how how much Al Davis before he died, God rest his soul, like all the the advancements he made in the mm-hmm. NFL for people of color, and a lot of people don't give Al that credit, or I, I feel like that gets overlooked in in uh in his legacy or whatnot. So for you to kind of just educate that, because I would see on the timeline, like I get it. But you were really like talking that talk, and people was like, "Yo, like for real," and I'm like, "Yeah, like." So, I guess the next question is the scouting. Like, who are some of the better players you've seen or you've covered, and you're like, "Oh yeah, he gonna do he gonna do work." In terms of HBCU, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even. I wasn't. Man, listen. <laughs> when I went back to Morgan. Um, I, this one, like I said, this when I first really got started writing and covering football and stuff. And um, there, there was an opportunity to go to A and T, and I'm I'm never going to turn down going to A and T. I'm gonna give you all props. From, you know better, <laughs> you know, you know, from homecoming and to everything. Just like okay, I mean, I'm I'm never I'm never going to turn down a, a, an opportunity to go to A and T. So long story short, what happened was, you know, we got an opportunity to travel and cover a game. And um, we went to A and T, and you know, you you hear people talking about players, and I'm I'm type of guy I check box scores, I check everything, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was opportunity to go down there, and uh, I don't, you know what? The first time I seen them, I didn't even they didn't even play Morgan. We were just down there. They didn't even play Morgan. I, I, I you know, I, they, y'all had a certain price for tickets for non-students, and I had a friend up there, and it was like, don't even worry about it. We got up there, went in there, no problem. So, you know, everybody's out there, you know, trying to get girls and all that. And I'm like, you know what? My thing is, once I get out the gate, I can worry about that. But right now, I'm worried about the actual game. You know what I'm saying? This, right. you know how HBCU games is live. You got the band, you got every the ambiance, everything. Right. And the first time I seen. Tariq Cohen, I said, uh, I said, uh, this dude is special. Like, it was just everything, you know, everything about him. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's level of competition. First of all, I'll get into that whole thing about people disrespecting HBCU football in terms of with the level of competition talk. But um, I just said, oh, he got it. He got it. I I just instantly, I instantly knew. I mean, his size, his shiftiness. You know, his speed, like he could change, you know, his his ability to change directions and catch out the backfield and everything. And and the whole time, and I'm going to be honest with you, I was just like, damn, who's that clearing away from him? It was Brandon Parker who would actually end up being a Raider himself. Yeah. You know, he was lead blocking. And I'm like, he can move for a big dude. He got to be six, 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 seven. He was moving, you know. So, and then I was just like, I go back, you know, I'm talking about Professor. And he's like, yeah, I heard that kid. And then that that was one of the players that it clicked for me because, you know, I grew up, even growing up, I would go to Howard and see Antoine Bethea and, 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 and all of the teams that they played and, you know, all of the guys that came through in the early 2000s and stuff like that from different HBCUs. I've seen the Tavares Jackson who just died uh, in, in, in college and all these guys. So, you know, but, but Tariq Cohen was the one where I said, you know what, I really got to dive into this because there's so many players. And when he got, now when he was in, when the HBCU world was convinced that he was going to be that guy, like, Outside of y'all, but like when everybody, you know, yeah, yeah, and when everybody decided that he was going to be that guy, the one, it was just like, yeah, this is this is a guy we're going to definitely get behind. And then, 
And then I hated that I felt like it, like I was telling people about him, but then when he did the flips, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. it was on ESPN and all that, that's when I think a lot of people was like, oh, wait, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then that was like, okay, that was my point. I was like, all right, this, this is my mission now to tell people, like, okay, this is who you need to be watching out for. Because, I mean, the thing is, there's so many guys and women that do it at the HBCU level, but they don't have the exposure. So I was like, the more exposure I get, I'm going to use that for, to uh, elevate my platform form to elevate HBCU football. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been putting in this work and they might, you know, in terms of social media, they might have 600 followers. That's 600 followers of people that know them every day in the community. You know what I'm saying? But I got them. I have a, I have the opportunity to talk to people outside of our community to connect with those people and to get them to understand and, 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 and see who these people are. So I'm just like, you know what? It's, it, it's, it's my duty to do it. So, you know, even with Darius Leonard, Darius Leonard was yeah. a guy I was like, dog, he's a beast. I mean, he came to Morgan. I think he had like, he had like uh, 16 tackles or something like that. But it was all, t- like, most of them was all tackles for loss. Like, I was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Not chasing after somebody and tackling for my, like, he was really diagnosing plays and, and in the backfield at middle linebacker, making plays. Weak side linebacker, making plays. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was all over the place. And, you know, I said, all right, that's going to be that guy. And then I seen him at the combine. I got to talk to him for a minute. And it's another thing about HBCU players. Most of the time, nine times out of ten, they are, you know, really surprised at a, at a, in a, at the combine, stuff like that, you know, when, when they get a lot of attention, which is messed up because more should be getting more attention. Mm-hmm. You know, some players, some players they have, like Titus Howard from um, um, Alabama State and a couple of them that, you know, went real early. But, you know, I was just like, hey, bro, you, you know what I'm saying? You doing your thing out here. Good luck. Let me get an interview with you. So I talked to them for a minute for a publication. The interview never even ended up coming out, which I was mad about. But um, they went with another player that was more high profile. Anyway, that backfired on them because he ended up getting drafted by the Colts and become rookie. I mean, uh, defensive rookie of the year and all that. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like my thing. My my whole thing is like. The HBCU players, it's not about bias. It's about giving them a platform for, for them to be seen. And and everybody knows that there's a good chance that any college football player is going to flop. Like, the average span of a football player is three years in the NFL. It's just right. about giving the HBCU players the same benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? You got – on Alabama's team, you might have – 50 players that was the best in their city or best in their county. You know what I'm saying? They all bunched up at one school. Everybody can't play. So a lot of guys got to transfer. A lot of guys got to wait three or four years to get their shine. And then a lot of those guys go undrafted. That's the same thing at the HBCU. You know what I'm saying? So what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? And, and that was to my whole point is that people like to talk about level of competition. If you take PG County or D.C. for an instance, the best player for whatever school – uh, Suitland, Bladensburg, Parkdale, Wise, whatever. The very best player is going to most likely going to go D1. You know what I'm saying? Right. If they're the best player, especially yeah. on a good team, maybe the best two, maybe the best two or three going to go D1. That fourth player, especially for a school like Wise, championship caliber school, beat everybody in the county, win states, all of that. The fourth best player is still the fourth best player. You know what I'm saying? And he and he might not go to Maryland. He might go to Morgan, but that that's that's what the competition is made up of at Morgan. Or it's made up of the guys that 
was talented as hell in high school and they had grades issues. They might have had some coachable issues, whatever the case may be. But it's evident that they're talented. People make it seem like Morgan or a lot of these HBCUs is some low level D3 school. And that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? That's my thing about it is just you judge all of the competition on the same scale. You know what I'm saying? And these players all came from the same places and played each other. You know what I'm saying? So it's like don't make it seem like our talent is way below y'all's. You know what I'm saying? So that's that was my whole thing. It's like getting people to understand there's talent here too, and it's a damn a lot of it. You know, especially in this draft, it's a lot of players that didn't get to showcase who they who they were because of this whole, you know, Corona stuff with, you know, having to cancel the HBCU combine and all that. that. That's, that's, you know what I'm saying? I'm definitely pissed about that. I really wanted people to get their shine on that. Man, I had tickets in there. (laughs) Tickets, flight, press pass, all that. I was really upset Mm. about that. (sighs) But, yeah. And speaking of which, (laughs) of the combine or of the potential uh, players coming out this year's draft for HBCU, Mm -hmm. like, who are some notable names we need to look out for? Oh, it's it's plenty, but I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start at the top. I want to say, well, first, okay. So it's 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 a it's a couple of them. Um, the first one that would that 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 everybody should know is Alex Taylor, who's uh, offensive lineman, a tackle for South Carolina State. This is a big dude. He's super athletic. He went to the Senior Bowl. He's the only HBCU player invited to the Senior Bowl. And that's a good sign. Every time you go to the Senior Bowl, you get drafted. Um, yeah. Alex Taylor, he's 6'9". He's like 6'9", 300 pounds. He can move. He's not that strong yet um, in terms of eight, uh, NFL strength, but he can move. He's very athletic. He's a he's a project for any any team. Marcus Pettiford, uh A and T. Um yeah. a winner, a winner. You know what I'm saying? He's 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 like six four, six five, but he's one of the more polished HBCU linemen, period. Um Elijah Bell, A and T That brother's special dog. He's 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 a monster. He's one of the guys like you know what I'm saying? It's a certain group of NFL caliber receivers that's like a little bit heavier, but they can move and they can get separation, they can box people out. Like, you know, that whole Anquan Bolden type of body. And yeah. he has that yeah. like yeah. six twenty he's like two twenty, two thirty or something like that. But he if the ball is in the air, he he plays like a small forward, like Give me the fucking ball. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a lot. Another one that's, and I know people, I don't think people look at Tennessee State the same way as they look at some of our other schools because it's not in the SWAT or the MIAC. But uh, Tennessee State has always been a hotbed for HBC players. Now, Chris Rowland is like a guy that's getting a lot of publicity amongst the football world because he's uh everything type of guy. Um, slot receiver, kick returner, you know what I'm saying, the scat back. He does whatever. He does whatever they need him to do. He's another one I think that's going to go like mid-day three type thing, round four, round five. Okay. Um um, Dewanye Tucker, Prairie View, uh, Marquise Ford from Bethune Cookman, who was, uh, he was originally at Rutgers. He had a little situation up there that he ended up not, uh, getting charged for, ended up going to, um, Bethune Cookman and, uh, shit, it's a lot of them. Um, Jimmy Robinson from, uh, Bethune Cookman as well. 
uh, um, Manasseh Bailey from Morgan, the wide receiver who's been getting a lot of attention, already interviewed with the Redskins, uh, Ravens, Eagles, and Giants, pretty much all the regional teams. Uh, but that was, that was even before the combine. He was talking to them. So he's been getting some love. Uh, Trevor Merritt, cornerback from Beth, Bethune Cookman, Kyle Anthony, wide receiver from Howard. Uh, it's a lot of guys that I like, but those are the main names that I feel like have a chance to be drafted. I definitely feel like Alex Taylor will be drafted. We've been trending up with HBCU players, so I think they'll be uh, about the same number, about four HBCU players drafted. And I can't forget my boy, who I personally know, Rico Kennedy, linebacker for Morgan. I definitely think he's getting drafted real late. Uh, he's a beast as well. But, you know, I think – and I, I don't know if y'all know, but A&T is the only uh, – FBF school period that has had a player drafted three straight three years. years in a row. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I think this is the Elijah Bell. If I had to pick. I think Elijah Bell would probably be. Uh, it's a better chance of him being the fourth than um, than Pettiford. But I do think Pettiford is good. But I just think Elijah Bell with his size and what he can do with his size. And then I think also with Elijah, option. it's his productivity. Like. Yeah, watching yeah, Elijah play legit. the last uh, three four years, like brothers a beast. And any anything yeah. in his catch radius, yeah, he's consistent with, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, his catch radius is great for his size. Like you throw it out, he's gonna get he's gonna go get it. I mean, and it was crazy. I was at um, which oh man, which it was one of the only combines that I was able to go to uh, like a month or so ago. But they have like a little film room. And um, uh, I, I've been using that as an opportunity, you know, these combines and um, pro days as an opportunity to meet as many people as I could. So there's a black scout for the Bucks, and um, he had his projector and all that stuff. He's like, Malik, you ever heard of this guy, man? This kid is the goods, man. We looking at him, you know what I'm saying? It's the Bucks, and they put the film on. He's showing me the catch that um, Elijah made, and I'm just like, one of the, one of the catches that he made against, I want to say, I don't even remember who it was, but it was a, it was a pretty good catch. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't Celebration Bowl. It was a regular season game. But, yeah, I mean, he's on team's radars, definitely. He's definitely on team's radars. You Yo, know what I'm saying? Did, if he had That's played good. with Ray, That's bro, good. man. Oh, that would be Damn. crazy. That would be crazy. I think he'd be a mean red zone type. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's a fantasy Evans, skill, bro. Evans, Godwin, and Bell? Yeah, that's yeah, tough. that that's nuts. <laughs> and I and I think they'll take a chance on him because of the fact that you know. And I mean, let's be real about it. They'll definitely take a chance on him because they think they ain't gonna have to pay him much at the beginning because it'll be a late draft pick. But it's just like yeah. he's for what he's got. Like, bro, you get a lot of you get you gotta when you get them. That's the thing I think a lot of teams look at too. HBC players that they can draft late. They, you get a lot of potential with an HBC player or a small school player that you could draft late and give them a year or two to develop and then, and you know before you know that you're getting something on your, you got something on your hands and you got to really pay them. I think that's what they're going to do with Daryl Johnson too in Buffalo. Like yeah, like bro, Daryl Johnson didn't he didn't do nothing at the combine. He left school early, but they knew. I'm like, bro, I'm not even worried about it. I know he's going to get drafted. Like, his potential was through the roof. You know what I'm saying? And Buffalo has a hell of a defense. They can bring him along slowly. They don't got to throw him out there 20 pounds underweight, underdeveloped. He can grow, grow. And every time he played last season, he was making strides. Like, no, nah, definitely. So. And then something I wanted to ask you before we transition to what we got coming in this draft for our, our respective teams. 
Mm-hmm. I look at when it comes to HBCU sports, um, A and T right now we hot. Like we we the best. It's not even yeah. like an arrogant thing. It's the truth. We popping. It's the truth. It's one hundred percent the truth. And when I look at it, it's it's like I, I was a freshman in twenty eleven. So my freshman year was the first time we had won a homecoming game in eight years. So you do the mass oh three, right? Mm. By my junior mm. year, that's twenty thirteen, we had our first winning season. And it's funny, I, I've watched Tariq since he since he came. And I remember Rob Rob first came twenty fourteen and Rob he, he didn't like our quarterback, whatever. And, it, oh and ironically goodness. enough, every game we lost, I was there. Like, Atlanta Classic, <laughs> I was there. And I'm like, okay. And that's when I, I kind of peeped a, a young uh, Darius Leonard. And I was like, oh, this dude's all right. But, you know, I'm hating. And then to see him blow, I was like, yo, I really saw this dude play. Like, right, saw right, him. right. And, and I, I was seeing the strides we were making. So by the Celebration Bowl, I was like, yo, Tariq gone. Like, he really did it. Like, and to see us win and keep winning, and I think that's what it is with HBCU athletes. And I think hopefully we'll we'll carry the flag. Is what you do when that spotlight's on you. It's like now is when we start producing. Right. Like Elijah, yeah, next you gotta show out. Uh, Mac McCain, like when Mac come out, he, yeah, he's Mac, definitely getting drafted. And, and let me tell you, Mac is the hype. I, I'm not gonna lie, he's probably been one of the most hyped HBCU players across the board. In a long time, I mean, and I'm I'm talking about like people know him yeah. outside of our world. I think yeah. he's a bigger, he has more height than Tariq did by far. I think that like he was in the Phil Steele magazine like as a as a HBCU All American, FCS All American for like two to three years. And this is, I mean, if he didn't, I really feel like if he did, if he if he didn't get hurt and he, you know, he would be a second, maybe even first. Round pick, honestly, I'm not no bias, no nothing. No, like, no, no I'm being I real, hundred percent real. And I was gonna ask you, and I guess we can do it now. Like, will we get back to the era of like first round HBCU picks? Because for me, I would have loved to have been my age now, knowing how fire Steve McNair was coming out of college. Right, like, right. I think that's the great right. HBCU player, just giving hype and productivity. My man was in the Heisman race. Like, Top can you three. imagine Nobody's that, dog? That high sense. Facts. Nobody, no HBCU player has finished that high sense. And the players that he beat out are legends. Like, I mean, to be top three, Warren Sapp, Napoleon Kaufman, Kerry Collins, uh, uh, Musha Muhammad, all types of players that he beat out, bro. And then, you know, they got footage on YouTube, like, he was playing like, uh, he was playing like Jim Trestle's, uh, I don't even remember what school it was, in the playoffs on ESPN, like, bro, this is, this is primetime TV this is early 90s, bro. And he's, like, commanding this attention from the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And no social media, crazy. no nothing. No and that's nothing. what I hope can happen again. And I think maybe if while Auntie has the spotlight, if we can just put out one person, and I don't know if it'll be Mac that'll really take the landscape, although he has probably the most hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Tariq by far, and even maybe like you said, even more than Tariq, just because he was a freshman when he got on. Like Tariq didn't right, pop to his right. junior year, so it's like okay, right. he got one year. Mac, we won the bowl, and then Chad Johnson is like, hey yo, this dude, he's going to the league. Like right. he 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 step. That's the thing is, he step every time that Ant plays. 
a D one FBS whatever he was making Mac plays. McCain makes plays, but that's the thing. That's what gets you noticed, bro. That's the that's what gets you noticed. It doesn't have to be an interception, but bro, when you can you can you know what I'm saying make the plays that he's been making against Ohio, against this one, against that one. That stuff matters, bro. And it's just like you know people seen him. You know what I'm saying, and and, and then you know they know the nickname and all that. But yeah, bro, this is that's the one. That's the one. And there's another guy that really he's doing his thing at Oregon, but um, I don't know if y'all remember the story about Kayvon Thibodeau. Like two years ago, uh, Oregon defensive end, and it came down to like Oregon, uh, I think like Auburn and FAMU. And he was like, yeah. I wanted to be a, I want to be a lawyer, and I'm considered for man. Listen, if Kayvon Thibodeau would have went to FAMU, no, the discussion nice. would have been so different. Like, but you know what? I'm really that's what I'm saying. Like, like I said, that's why we gotta. That's why we as HBCUs gotta respect each other and look at the bigger goal. Because if everybody didn't hate and say, "Oh, A and T ain't this and that and the other," and looked at it and said, "Okay, look, they really producing the best players right now." If if that if they convert one or two players that would have went to a, a, a Alabama or somewhere else. And they become who they supposed to be and be a first round player for HBCUs. We all win. There's no if an HBCU player, if the HBCU player, we're talking about a first round caliber and and, and a skill player at that skill position. If we if A and T produces a first round running back, a first round receiver, oh, first round up. quarterback, it, it would go bro, up, bro. You will have oh, you will have Dale State. On ESPN One, you will have AT on ESPN One every week, and y'all been getting TV games. You know what I'm saying? But it's like this that is that changes everything. You get that type mm-hmm. of talent at an HBCU in the MIAC and or or, or the or the SWAC, and you it don't have the competition. to do it exactly. It. You don't have to run to the Big South like Hampton. You don't have to. You know what I'm saying? The money is going to be there now. Now, let me say this about our HBCU. Will they spend the money right? <laughs> that's another I think thing. He's the only one that's doing it. Because if you yeah, look in that see, our athletic program, like our track team is we nationally going ranked. Like we top ten, top five in the country, bro. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, fan, we really doing it. Like everything yeah. we're doing, we're winning. And I think us leaving the Big South, joining the Big South, I understood. Cause it's like we're really trying to get that exposure. That we've mm-hmm. kind of reached our ceiling. Yeah. Like now we got to go in the bigger pond, dominate that, go somewhere else, dominate that. All it takes and is that one person. And like you said, this is this is another thing about that. And I'm not even hating on that because if y'all go in there and and really, you know, not even it don't have to be a completely dominate flat out win the division. But in two to three years, if y'all are serious competitors out of the Big South, that only increases the level of players that's coming in. My whole thing is these kids getting the opportunity to play. I would rather a kid go to A&T and, and further establish A&T and HBCU football as serious competition, serious threats than to go somewhere like Colorado or somewhere like that and not play. That's what contributes to, to, to all of the guys that hate HBCUs and all of this and the other 
I want I want to see our kids, our talent succeed. You know what I'm saying? It's like we a lot of kids got this mentality as D1 or nothing. And then they get that D1 competition. They can't take it. They get that D1, you know, dealing with that racism in a lot of these places. They can't take it. Like some kids need that home nurture. Some kids need to be around that HBCU atmosphere and it'll change their outlook on stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like even um, Isaiah Crowell played for, damn, who did he play for before Alabama State? I can't even remember. But he played for somebody. He said when he got to HBCU, that was the first time he ever felt comfortable in college, like in terms of being a black man off the field. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mo- learning more about himself, learning more about respecting his women and all types of stuff. I mean, he did a real, a real, that's what, you know what I'm saying? And and the crazy thing is he ended up, I know he got hurt last year, but he ended up being a Raider. And, that, you know, that meant a lot to me mm-hmm. with him, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, bro, like, I want, I would, I hope the best for ANC with this. Like, and I was, that's even when I was, I was happy and, you know, I threw a little shot, but I was even happy to see Deon, uh, Hampton get DeAndre Francois. That's another guy that people forgot is in this draft as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I meant, I forgot to mention him too. I definitely think that there's, there's a chance that he gets drafted too. He went down to uh, Hampton. He didn't get into no trouble. And, you know, he put up, he put up some halfway decent numbers and, you know what I'm saying? He, 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 you know, he has potential too. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's, that's real rap. So, you know, speaking of Travis, you know, this week. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you uh, looking for as a Raider fan, and what are some notable players? And before before we even talk notable players, I just want to say, man, Jerry Judy's so fire, bro. Like, I don't, uh, I don't think people uh, really understand how fire oh, he is. He is he, his ability to get open is just like to we get separation in, in is just, years, since really Chad, bro. Like, young as they trying to say that footwork is true in terms of his footwork and everything, where it is definitely true. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of people see a lot of people, you know, the, the the age difference and everything. A lot of people don't understand that Chad was breaking people down, like, and he was so fast, yeah. but his footwork was ridiculous. Like, Judy is that, like. You know, I, I I overall think as as a player, I count him to Stephon Diggs, but I just feel like his ceiling, like he can really be a Chad without the distractions and all that stuff. Like his he's he's amazing, bro. Like I mean, I know he I know people say, oh, he had all these other receivers. Oh, listen, when the ball's in his hand, it could be a, a screen. He's on a, he's a threat to score every play, every single play. You know what I'm saying? And I just love his game. I love his game. Nah, but uh, I just had to throw that out there. Now you can let me know who uh, some of the Raiders are. What should the Raiders be looking for? I know y'all need y'all a got like about fifty picks, don't you? <laughs> so they got so they got two first two first round picks. They don't have a second, and they have three third rounders. So this is the Raiders. Raiders are going, and they also don't have any picks between six and round six and seven. So they're mm-hmm. going to trade, probably going to trade the fifth rounder because that's what the that's how the Raiders get their HBC players and their small school players. They always trade back to get two or three seven round picks. So I'm not even thinking about the fifth round. They're going to trade that. They're going to draft the HBC player. They're going to draft the player from some D three nobody's ever heard of. You know, he's probably going to be the most athletic person ever, and then they're going to experiment with him at a different position, just like when they draft the 
Quentin Bell last year from Prairie View. He had like some ridiculous combine, and 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 he was like, you know, a, from, went from wide receiver to defensive end that had like nine sacks in like seven games or something crazy like that. <laughs> but um, they're gonna the Raiders are most likely going to draft either Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, or C.D. Lamb at twelve. And any of them I would be perfectly fine with because they definitely need a Z receiver that could just get open and, and make something happen. Um, 19 is the questionable one because they didn't address cornerback like I thought they would in free agency. So now it's like, okay, well, you got Christian Fulton. You're not getting Jeff Okuda. He's not falling that far. You got Christian Fulton. You got C.J. Henderson. You got Jeff Gladden. You got guys like that. Um, but then they might trade back, which would make sense. If they, need, if they trade with anybody in the late 20s, they're going to get a second-rounder back. And Mike Mayock has already expressed, like, he wants a second-rounder. Gruden has never had a draft in a, in his history with any team where he didn't have a second-round pick, or at least two. So that's, you know, I'm just looking at the logistics and tendencies of it, you know what I'm saying, basically, how that's going to go. So with that being said, they they um they're definitely gonna probably trade nineteen. Now at twenty let's say they trade back with like the Ravens or Green Bay or somebody like that, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. Who they're gonna pick is the good question. If it was up to me, I would definitely try to take somebody at the back of the round, like a cornerback like AJ Terrell, Cam Dantzler, uh somebody like that. Um and now, then use the second round pick on somebody else. Now let me ask you this, with AJ Terrell mm-hmm. I think he's a solid corner, but he got molly whopped, you know. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, is that just a one-game thing, or is that a sign of things to come? Let me, let me. To me, you disrespectful. To, to me, listen to the thing. You got to say who he got murdered by. He got murdered by Jamar Chase, who's going to be the number one wide receiver in 2021. And he honestly, that. if he was in this draft, he might have been two behind Jerry Judy. He might have been one, you. depending on which offense type of offense you have. He might have been one, depending on the team. But with that being said, Terrell, listen, man, all of these corners, all of the corners in this draft got killed by Chase. Everybody in the SEC got killed by Chase. Uh, CJ Henderson, two touchdowns, 100 something yards. I know he had some safety help. I know he had a couple pass breakups, but two touchdowns, 130 something <laughs> yards. Jamar Chase. You know what I'm saying? The only person in this draft that strapped Jamar Chase was Cam Dassler. Um, that was it. That was it. No safety help. I'm talking about lockdown. I think he had like 30 something yards, but this, but even with that, the only reason why I don't even make that much noise about that is because Justin Jefferson on the other side had like 200 yards on them, so they didn't even need Chase really. But um, but yeah, so I love AJ Terrell personally. I think that there is a. I, I want to say that there, in my opinion, there is one cornerback in this draft that if he got drafted. You can start him on the boundary tomorrow. He's ready to go. NFL caliber ready. And that's Jeff Okuda. The rest of them, I think, are going to need some time. But what I've seen from Terrell throughout, I like him a lot. And then I also got, I, I think that also you got to take into consideration that Joe Burrow was throwing some amazing passes in that game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Terrell got cooked. Don't get me wrong, but Joe Burrow and Chase were on another level. Right. No, right. Chase. Y'all got, y'all got one more time to say he got cooked. Chase was definitely. <laughs> I think Chase. Chase, that brother special, bro. Like he's 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 man. He's different. Like he the truth. Bro. His releases are ridiculous, bro. And 
and the, and the thing is, this year is going to be just amazing as just as of an amazing uh, receiver class again. Like Chase, Rondell Moore, um, uh, it's so many. Yeah, Justin Ross, um, the young legend, Amon, Amon St. Brown, uh, Ross St. Brown, and. God, uh, Tyler Wallace. Uh, it's so many of them, bro. So many of them. It's going to be another amazing class. Jalen Waddle, um, Devontae bruh. Smith, uh, all of them. Man, y'all just don't know, bro. Alabama he's was a sitting beast on a, a gem mine of just one. Yeah, he, he, he's a beast, too, bro. He's a, he's a beast. But, yeah, that, that, that second Raiders first rounder, it's either going to be a cornerback or they're going to trade back and take an, another defensive tackle that somebody that can pass rush and really get to the, help get to Mohurst, get to the quarterback. Um, because now they got, they, they really came up with Max Crosby last year. He had a hell of a year, fourth round pick. Cleveland Farrell, that was a reach, but he can be decent. They got to produce, they, they got to produce some, 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 some pressure on that defensive line. And they either gonna, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to address the cornerback position. But, um, whether that's in the first or trading into the second, or I don't know when that's going to be, but I'm 100% convinced the 19th pick will be either a cornerback or a defensive tackle. Everybody was focused on linebacker, but they finally signed decent linebackers, good linebackers in free agency, which is something the Raiders never do. Corey Littleton <laughs> and Nick Kwiatkowski. Like, the Raiders will march out somebody that was, I don't know, they find dudes off the street for years has been like that. And That's every right. Titan that you can name will get a hundred something yards on the Raiders. Like it's ridiculous. That's, <laughs> that's just how it's always been. You know what I'm saying? And the crazy thing about that is, in this century, we've had more coaches that were former linebackers than anything. Reggie McKenzie was uh, the GM. Reggie McKenzie was a linebacker on the championship Raiders team. Ken Norton. Yeah. Ken Norton Jr. Right. Excuse me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Jack Del Rio. These are all championship linebackers. And these <laughs> motherfuckers could not find a linebacker to save their life. Or they felt like that they can mold anybody and into a, a, a pro caliber linebacker and it didn't work. We only had one linebacker in the last 10 years that was a, a, an exceptional talent that could have really been something. That was Niron Ball. And he died. He had, he had a lot of complications and he ended up dying and his career getting cut short. You know what I'm saying? And before that, we had Thomas Howard. He died. Um, yeah, Kirk Thomas Morris. Howard, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, we've had some terrible luck at linebackers. So, so Raiders fans are very happy to have people that are talented, that are not old. That's another thing that Raiders do. They want to get old-ass linebackers. I'm from PG County. I love Navarro Bowman to death. Why would you sign Navarro Bowman at his age? Navarro <laughs> Bowman played one year, and he was like, look, I'm gone. I'm retiring, bro. I'm I'm done. And it was just like, yeah. So it's fine. They finally addressed that. Like, I thought they had a really good free agency so far. They didn't spend all their money on one player, which was another, which was one thing that Al Davis used to do. Once he got his eyes and mind set on somebody, he didn't oh, care yeah. how much it cost. You know what I'm saying? Especially Al, if they were fat. Al and Dan Snyder similar. They got your eye on you. They gonna do whatever it takes. They <laughs> the worst dropped. the worst mistake Al Davis made. In, in the last 15 years is when he took Darius Hayward Bay Oh my god Sam, I'm looking yeah. at the draft and I'm like, wait, Crabtree's falling? 
Oh, we got eight. <laughs> this is this is lit. Dude, Bruh, oh, from was, Maryland. I'm like Maryland. Oh fuck no. Oh. That 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 hurt, bad Because it was like Hayward Day. He was the fastest, but he wasn't even the best player in his Damn. conference. And I'm just like, come on, bro. This is and we're talking about college crabtree. Only time he caught Pat. Oh man, bro. That Texas Tech. Oh, bro, he was different. Oh, but they because of that catch, bro. Damn. <laughs> Man, he was that is an bro. impossible touchdown. Different, bro. And just, I don't know. So, but yeah, Mike Mayock is—he's—he's he's different, man. Things is going in a different direction. I'm loving it. And and with that expertise, what do you have the Redskins doing? Listen, let me tell you what they better do. Oh no, <laughs> they we better chase Young, bro. They better home, draft bro. Chase Young, bro. I, I don't. I don't think it. I, I even heard a rumor today about the Jaguars saying we'll trade you nine, and we'll trade you uh, Yannick Nago, who's from DC, who went to uh, um, Friendship, and and, and and y'all take, and we'll take two. And I love Yannick Nago, but nah, nah, I'm not doing that, bro. Nah. Yeah, nah, bro. No. That. If Dan did that, and the crazy thing is Yannick is a hometown guy too, but if Dan did that, he, bruh, there's been a lot of stuff that Dan's done that people have put aside. If he didn't get Chase Young this year, I, I can't think of a scenario where he does anything other than get Chase Young that doesn't get people ready to, to bring out the pitchforks, bruh. You've been, people have been excusing him this year. He got Ron Rivera. He, mm-hmm. was, you know, he's been he doing Jack some Del good Rio, things, bruh. Yeah. I'm gonna say Del Rio. I mean, oh, he's been doing back. some good things. Yeah, Fuller and who I really like. I think that he's been doing some good things. If they can trade Trent and get some, get a, a pick or two back, I think that's another right. thing that could help. But Definitely. he doesn't want to be there. Let him go. Y'all messed that up, bro. No, let we him, did. Let we him got, see if he got another That's a fact. No, we definitely messed that up. Flipping for at In a perfect world, we get a third in a perfect exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but now nah, flip them, yo. Like in my in my perfect draft, if we get Chase with the t- number two overall, gotta pick, get Chase. If we can get Thaddeus Moss in the third round, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe and maybe like Michael Pittman from USC at receiver, that would be another one. Yeah, that's another one. You just gotta have somebody that you can rely on outside of McLaurin, Matt Terry. It's different, bro. Terry is the truth. Mm-hmm. He's the truth, bro. Mm-hmm. You talking about a guy that, without question, I believe is going to be a Pro Bowler this year. Like he's he's ready. He's he's ready, bro. You just got to have somebody else on that other side. That's that's going to be the. I mean, big. I like Harmon a little bit. I like, yeah, I like Harmon a little bit. I like all of those guys, but nah, but we need a bona fide one. Yeah, yeah. This 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 draft class is different. It's fully in terms loaded. Of so if we get Pittman. And just look at the measurables. I was talking to one of my guys a freelance with. He's mm-hmm. basically a more athletic Mike Evans. Like, from yeah. combine measurables and everything, I'm like, you put that with Terry, with Sims in the slot. And yeah, I like cut, Sims. Uh, I Trey like Quinn, Sims. he could kick rocks. And then we get Batty like as boss. Fam, we gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you just you know what I'm saying you gotta give that's what I'm saying. Dan needs to stop it. Don't even entertain this whole quarterback thing. You gotta entertain what you got. You got Haskins, build around him and and, and, and put continue to put the weapons out there. You know what I'm saying? They they're gonna be alright. This is a couple years away, but they're gonna be alright. And we and look the at talent, that bro. Bruh, let me tell you something. The Redskins We get young, seven, we here. 
The front, it's, not it's, even the front seven. That rotation on the D line is it's ridiculous. So smooth, bro. Health aside, youngest don't want us. Matt, Matt is my guy. Swag and Young, fan, we're wreaking havoc, bro. Matt, what, yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Matt, Matt Lowenitis, how do yeah, you pronounce it? Oh, oh, yeah, Ian yeah, nice. Oh my he had, gosh, yeah. he had like nine sacks with. Man, out of nowhere. He's a beast, bro. If you put Chase Young and Sweat and Allen around him, bro, he might have a 15 sack mm-hmm. season. Like, the Redskins, that front four is ridiculous. Well, front three. But yeah, that, 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 that rotation that y'all got is crazy. That's, that's another reason why I also feel like the Raiders are going to, they might draft a defensive tackle or somebody like that at 19 because it's so many teams like the Redskins and Eagles that understand you got to load up on that defensive I mean, line. Look at the Niners. Why do you think they they had a stacked D line where the interior linemen were like six seven six eight, and then you got Bosa on the end getting like single teamed? That's why he was cooking. Bruh, they, I mean, and bruh, Bosa, listen, bruh, I don't, listen, I know he's a racist, I know and all of that, but listen, bruh, on the field, that man is ridiculous, (laughs) He's a dog. (laughs) And that's what, that was his first year, bruh, he's going to put on five and ten pounds of muscle, he's going to get even better, he's going to adjust to the speed of the game even better, bruh, like, he was a, listen, he was a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl his first year, he is real. Like this, uh, yeah. I, but I think the Redskins are gonna. They they they're in a great position. Y'all in a great position. And wins, right? Yeah. Hey, look, I'm real with you. The division is open. The division is open. If you give Dwayne some 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 more help, and 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 guys can uh, can stay healthy and Man, some things fall into place. And all we need is again just maybe one or two weapons. On offense, uh, tight end and a receiver. Mm-hmm. We gotta beef up our O line drastically. Yeah. And we get chased. We could take a corner late, but that's not really like pressing. And then, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. outside of health. Yeah, it's free smoke, bro. Like, yeah, bro. Youngers ain't We're trying here. to see our defensive line at all. Mm-hmm. The, the only other option that I think is, I'm not gonna lie, I'm really still thinking that there's a chance that it could happen is that. Mike Mayock and John Gruden are really sending smoke screens and they're done with Derek Carr. Like, but you gotta have a foolproof plan in place to replace a year six quarterback. And I'm just concerned, like, okay, they got, they brought Mariota in. Mariota can start, but he's really a stopgap. Like, are you gonna trade mm-hmm. Derek Carr while you can and get and draft a Tua or somebody like that? That's what I'm really excited to see. Are the Raiders gonna stick with Derek Carr? Cause there's so oh, much, mm. the fan base is split on him, bro. Like, like the split is real. All I'm gonna say is this. If you were to trade Derek Carr for a quarterback in this draft, mm-hmm. I, I pray you don't experience Justin Herbert in the silver and black, bro. I, I don't. I think his ego and what we've heard about him. I don't think that that would happen with John Gruden because John Gruden, he he like, bro. He's 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 different. His personality is different. And I've had the chance. I got to actually go to a, a practice last year and cover that practice and just listening to how he talks to players. Like he's not here to kiss your ass. Like and Derek Carr is the type of player he needs that. Like, bro. He was really he got cussed out one play and Derek Carr goes out the next play and and, and throws his dumbass pass and, and Gruden says, Derek, 
go sit down <laughs> like his kids <laughs> and it was just like damn you know what I'm saying like it got it has you got to have a certain type of player I know Gruden doesn't like young quarterbacks but he I'm has just saying to, don't drive Herbert because he's a walking bust to me like he's horrible so I just don't want that for you guys. damn nah Herbert's horrible bro like I, I've watched oh. him he not good bro he's not <laughs> that's the one you don't really like him at all if whoever drafts him yo and they, if they expect him to start opening day god bless you bro that's, that's, I, that's my thing I hope uh, I, I, you know I don't really care about the rest of the division but I hope my man Anthony Lynn and the Chargers get a decent quarterback because I know that as a black you know black head coach the rope is thin but he did get an extension but if it's, if he's getting an extension he has three four years to win I hope that they get a good quarterback for the sake of a black quarterback black to get Herbert, bro. like bro I don't want Anthony Lynn to get him man <laughs> They, they start on, on Tyrod. Yeah. In theory. In theory. Yo, let's yeah. roll with Yo, y'all got people got to stop dissing my man Tyrod. Like, he ain't make the bills bum ass. It's relevant. Tyrod is a game manager. He's a good game manager. He's a but solid like, quarterback. Then Peterman came in through five picks. Like, yeah, Peterman was a bum. Peterman like, come bum. on. Like, y'all, y'all just hating my man I mean, Tyrod. we're all better than Peterman right now. So like yeah, Peter man, that, that was, was bad, blatant bro. racism. Where it's like, really, you gonna put him in? And all right, yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, it's it's gonna be man. I'm ready for these days to go past because it's like you know what I'm saying it's just different. This is just so different because I would have been getting ready to go to Vegas right now. I had everything planned out, and everything bought. It would have been different, yeah. man. But um, yeah, how just, do you I'm feel? Just, I saw that you were at the last game in the black hole. How did that experience? Uh, how was that experience and then how do you feel about the Raiders being in Vegas um so that was man it was bittersweet because it was like everything everything that you could imagine for a, a last game in Oakland the way to go out except getting the win like <laughs> it was I mean bro they, they literally that might actually be crazy. the most Oakland thing ever yes bro like <laughs> And, and the only thing, and I've been to so many Raiders games in different states and everything. Every Raiders win I've been to, I think I've been to five games in the last few years, and they won four. Every win goes out mm. Oakland style, nice whoop ass. They're beating people ass even after they won. You know what I'm saying? But in terms <laughs> of that, in terms of that game, bro, there there was so much going right. Like I literally did everything that you do in Oakland, you know what I'm saying? All the experiences and all of the, you go to their specific bars, I'm getting like Lester Hayes autograph and you know, oh, and even, even, even got wow. even, even, um, you know, I got to, uh, you know what I'm saying, go to the training facility and all of that, you know, there's people out there, they team comes through, they, they, they sign their autographs and all that, but like, it was crazy. And then the game, and it was, and it was unusually cold for, for the Bay. You know, we out there. I mean, we out there tailgating. We, you know, what I'm saying we 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 got the beers. People just showing love. People giving each other food and beer. And I'm talking about, you know, you got the Mexicans out there. They making all type of stuff. The black people out there cooking ribs and all that. People just like, you know, what I'm saying it's all love. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when the game come, the Raiders was up like 14 to three at halftime. I go to the bathroom, and you know the the stadium is old, so you know what I'm saying the, oh, the Coliseum is old. Dudes in there, Raiders screaming, they peeing and singing, and hey, it was crazy. Like 
And then when the second half started, it was just like, what the hell is going on? Though? I know y'all not about to lose this game. I know y'all did not just lose this game. And that place was just <laughs> different. It was just, it was like some people were quiet and then some people was like, oh, hell no. This is how we going out? And it was like, it was on. People was ready to fight. People was, st- hey, bruh, people was stealing chairs, ripping the chairs out of the ground. <laughs> Hey, bro, you know how difficult it is to walk out of a stadium with a chair down your pants, bro? <laughs> Imagine 20,000, 30,000 fans walking out and somebody get caught because they got a chair under their arm trying to get to their car. Like, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> that's oh, man. It was, it was a different experience, bro, but if they would have won. That would have been magical, but it was, it was crazy. Now, how do I feel about them being in Vegas? I I don't, I don't, because of the fact that I'm not from the Bay, I don't feel as bad about it because I know that all Al Davis ever wanted was them to do them right. Like, people don't understand. The Raiders went back to Oakland in 1994, bruh. Right. They tried to go to Carson in Cal- in, 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 in the L.A. area before that because they couldn't get a stadium at the L.A. Coliseum. The Raiders have been trying to get a modern stadium for 30-something years, bruh. And we're talking about one of the most pivotal, uh, you know, Franchises in all the sports. Yeah, in all the team sports. Right. No, you should not be a running joke for playing in a baseball stadium when you're a top five money making franchise. You know what I'm saying? How are you a top five money making franchise in all the sports and you play on a baseball diamond, bro? We're not yeah. talking about some lowly team. We're talking about a team that has three Super Bowls. Some of the greatest players ever. Some of the most iconic figures ever. You can't right. get a stadium in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, come on, bro. So that was, you know, like I said, that's part politics out there and all of that. But I know that Al Davis, the man has done all what he's done for the uh, for the nation and for black America, for Latino America and beyond. I'm right with him and what he would he would what he would believe and what he would be happy about. And at the end of the day, he got a stadium. And at the end of the day, you got to look at it like this. Vegas is like Atlantic City. Vegas is like those places that are novelty places to people that they don't realize that people actually live here and need y'all to come and thrive. They're, the first thing the Raiders did when they got there was like, it's some projects out there and they donated like uh, $500,000 to, to rejuvenate these projects that's right by the stadium or whatever that nobody knows about because it's like on the back end of the casino area and, you know, they try to isolate them type thing. You know what I'm saying? This is going to revitalize the, the, the Nevada as a whole economy. You know what I'm saying? And a team like that deserves to be, you know, on this, in the spotlight again. And if they get to be good in a playoff contender, yeah. the NFL is going to generate so much money from that. You know what I'm saying? So win-win. But this is what Al Davis wanted. Yeah. He's always a visionary in that sense. Um, always paying it forward. So yeah, um, before we get up out of here, I it would be a waste if I didn't ask you some go-go questions. Uh, talk about your <laughs> hold, book, hold, man. Hold on, real quick. Let me ask you: Who's right, your favorite ahead. Raiders players ever? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. I gotta see number we one page here. Number one would ha- that I've personally seen would be. Charles Woodson. Bye. Come on. Come on. Okay. 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 That's definitely Charles Woodson. Uh, number two that I've seen in my time mm-hmm. would be uh, Namdi 
No, I'm the awesome Come one. on, see, uh, this, this is important content right here. Uh, now I'm the awesome one. Go, uh, Tim Revis Brown. Who? Tim Brown, definitely. Uh, shoot, let me think, man, because this. Uh, I mean, I know his career got cut short, but Darren McFadden for the Raiders is a monster. And um, four for four. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie. Raiders Crabtree, uh, Khalil Mack, um, 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 shit, Zach Crockett, a lot oh, of guys. Shout to the fullback. Yo, 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 man. Y'all know about my man Crockett, bro. Oh, the Raiders man. have had some legends, legendary players, bro. Hey, hey, let me ask you this, Malik. Rob and I, we, we love Namdi. Um, I got a chance to meet him and Rob still get Disrespect. We're not friends. But, um, <laughs> and I, you'll probably agree. Do you think had Namdi stayed in Oakland, he's a Hall of Fame corner? Hundred percent. Don't even have to think about Thank it. Thank you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why, bro. People don't. The common fan doesn't understand how different it is to be asked, which is the Raiders' legacy of saying, "Look, all we asking you is to strap this man one on one, bump and run, or as they say, press man coverage, mm-hmm. hold your man down." And then to go from that where your whole responsibility is chasing this man around for five seconds, four to five seconds, to going to the Eagles where you're saying, listen, you you have zone responsibilities. You're responsible for just this zone. It's a completely different game. And that goes oh, to the I bigger agree. discussion, bro. Like that people don't understand that every player in the, and I know I hear people say, oh, this quarterback's a system quarterback. Every player in the league is a system player. Facts. You're not gonna put Eddie Lacy in a, in in certain in certain. Well, shit, he ain't even in the league. But you're not even gonna put Eddie Lacy in certain offense anywhere but the treadmill. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like certain, even you know, certain defensive tackles. That's why it's the difference between a four three defensive tackle and a three four mm-hmm. defensive tackle. A four three outside line, a four three inside linebacker, a three four. It's different sizes, speeds, abilities are all different. Namdi, bro, Namdi went to the Pro Bowl. In a season no where he had, exactly, bruh, you're talking about a guy that shut down in the entire side of the field, Man. bruh. Like, when Namdi, cause what, 05 is when he had 10 picks, right? And then, when everybody got people, shook. People went crazy that Revis had 49 targets in a year, right? So you do the math, it's like three targets a game. Nami mm-hmm. had 48 targets in three years, bro. Like, Young is legit yeah. weren't throwing to him, but because the Raiders were trash, it The Raiders matter. was 4 and 12, but when you looked at the stats, the Raiders had a top five pass defense for like a, five a years top in a row. Five, bro, top five. people just would not throw over there, bro. And the thing about it is, those years, the Raiders were losing because of the offense, bro. You had Jamarcus Russell, bro. you had Marcus Tuas and so forth. Bro, oh, they, God. They, you had Andrew guys, Walter. Like, Bro, Andrew, what? Oh bro, they had God. that defensive line. You had Richard Seymour. You had Tommy oh, Kelly. You, you had all these Seymour guys. Punch Big Ben. Oh, yeah. legendary! <laughs> like bro, the Raiders' them. defense. The Raiders' defense for that, for the most part, was very good at that time. Like I said, Thomas Howard, all those guys, yeah. Rick Morrison, they were good. The Ooh. offense wasn't good. They had their they had their struggles, and then when you combine that with a with a wide receiver, I mean, excuse me, a running back that's as talented as Darren McFadden who couldn't stay healthy. Man, the, 
Oh, he had but a thousand to, yards like one year. I was so mad. That he, but bruh, to 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 answer the question, bruh, and I'm not being biased. Just look at the tape, bruh. Look at the receivers that he strapped. There's no way in hell that Namdi wouldn't have been a Hall of Fame receiver. If he was, and that was Al's fault too. Al didn't want to pay him, and it came back to bite him in the ass. And that was one of the last regrets that that Al talked about was letting him go because they haven't. The Raiders haven't had two good corners. In my in in, in in the last twenty years, since yeah. since uh, yeah. Rod Woodson and Tory James and Albert yeah. Lewis and and, and 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 Charles Woodson and all those guys, they haven't had two consistent cornerbacks in, in twenty years. All you yeah. have to do is continue to build and with with that defense around him and get the quarterback right. But all you had to do is put somebody else on the other side of Charles on the other side of Nambi, bro. And it was a shame that him and Charles Woodson never got to play together. Yeah, I was like, bro, you know by the time Charles came back, hey, he already left. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, man. Man, yeah. man. 100%. But to go into the book, what you were talking about. So the book is called, it's called Bounce Beat Baby, My Life Through the Sound and Go-Go. When it's not football, it's always, or, or sports period, it's always been about go-go, just the culture, you know what I'm saying, and everything about our coach is something I love. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was so ingrained with partying and just being outside that, like, that that went into <laughs> one of the reasons why I picked Morgan instead of, like, Dell State and some other schools and Hampton and all that. And and I, and A&T, because I was thinking about that, too. I went to visit the A&T in college, I mean, high school. I picked Morgan because it was 45 minutes away and I could take the train to go to the club. Like, it was a big influence. It was just like, it sounds crazy, but that was just the culture back then. It was just so, it had such a major part of me, a major effect on me. And I said, you know what? It's a lot of books about Bloods and Crips. It's a lot of books about grunge, about hip hop, about everything. We don't really have too many books about Gogo. And I was just like, you know, if I write about my experience, that might influence somebody else to write about theirs or make a documentary or whatever. And it's just like, I'm going to capture the history from my era because the Gogos and the sound of Gogo in the 2000s to now is different from what my parents and what our uncles and aunts, et cetera, experienced in their time. You know, that's a fact. You know, so it's just like, I want to do that. And I love writing, so I'm going to do it. So I just, I just, just one day I said, I'm going to do it. And two weeks later, I had a, a book. And talk about mm. the success of the book. Because me, looking at it from outside in, I don't know when you were in high school, but I was in high school like 07 to 11. So, like, I just remember yeah. that time period. Like, I meet dudes. Like, there's a dude at my job. He's like 23, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when he'll play go-go, he's playing music that I experienced in real time when I was in high school. And I'm like, <laughs> when I hear, you know, like, the 2009, I'm like, yo, I remember, like, how crazy 09 was Ooh. in go Like, the stuff was... So, was, man, yeah. listen, 09 was one of my favorite years ever. But So I graduated in 08. Okay. And um, okay. when I... I remember being... And this, and this is the thing is that I tell people all the time, like, it's crazy how much uh, of an effect Gogo and Gogo culture had on me because I wasn't born in this area. I was born in New York. I came here when I was nine, and um, about two when I was about eleven or twelve was when TCB and the whole bounce beat era started. 
And, I, and you know, this is when people would still listen to the radio and call in 95.5 and do rep your hood and all that stuff on the radio. And I, and I, and I'll never forget being in middle school when people started beating your feet and all of that stuff. And that, and that whole time is like, the beginning of our era in terms of bounce speed and slow bounce and all that stuff. And I didn't even, you know, I don't think people really realized it until later, but when I got to high school, it was just like, everything was just, it was a part of life. Like, you know, people would literally, when I was in high school, people would literally bring their pictures from the night before or whatever the school, you know what I'm saying? And it was cool. Like when I was in high school, Oh, we went to, we, we went to the 18 and over goal. We went, we, we got in the 21 over. You might have spent your whole allowance or your, your drug money or your gambling money or your whatever <laughs> yeah. to get into this 21 and up club. You five foot five, but you done paid $50. So they ain't tripping. You know what I'm saying? But you got a picture with, with some older dudes from around your way and you got a grown woman with you. So you look cool and you go to school, whatever. Like, and then it was the music too. I just love the music. Like, I, you know, um, my man at my, when I, like when I graduated at the time, um, before, right before I graduated, it was two dudes that like really ran, you know, everybody used to make their little playlists on MySpace, or whatever. It was two dudes that, uh, uh, made, you know, that uploaded the latest Gogo or whatever on MySpace. And it was my man, Gogo Frank. And it was a, it was a white dude named Gogo Mike. And, uh, on, uh, on every high school, bro. No, 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 no. Frank, Frank went to Duval, uh, but I had already known him. And, and Gogo Mike went to Beltsville. So every time you hear a song in the beginning, you hear Gogo Mike. Mike and, and nobody knew he was this white dude. Like if you walked past him, you wouldn't even know. But that's crazy. Now, bro. That's you know crazy. what I'm saying? But he was so cool. Like he would, he would be in the Go Go's with his little crew from Bellsville, whatever. And but he would, he would be like, you see him after the show, like he'd be like, hey, bro, like, can I get this CD or whatever? He, he'd be the first one to have a CD and put it on the internet and all that stuff. Like the date, like as soon as this Go Go over, he got it. He put, and then they figured like, okay, well, he getting us exposure, so yeah, we'll give it to him. You know what I'm saying? And um, and then that, that's when it was like, okay, I want to do that too. So you know, I used to go to school early for breakfast anyway. So we'll go to school i eat my breakfast real fast we had one classroom in bladensburg that excuse me that had um macbooks i run up there to mr belt class download the latest gogo from gogo central or or or, or whoever and then i sell i have like 10 15 20 blank seat i mean burnt cds i'm selling them for however much two dollars three dollars four dollars five dollars I'm selling people uh, ringtones off the off the razor through Bluetooth or putting Bluetooth. I mean, or putting uh, ringtones on people's chirps, <laughs> Nextel chirps, but culture. And then Friday, people would be like leaving school early to go to the mall to go to the tie or to the CF to get their outfits for the CFE or whatever. Like, and then Heck. you know what I'm saying. And then when I went to Morgan. <laughs> on, on, on Fridays, people sometimes would go home, you know. So, you know, I would see we used to have this bus stop at our um, main shopping center, in Northwood, which just recently got tore down this week. They're redoing it. And it was a bus stop that took you to downtown area and people would get on the Mark train for six dollars to come back to PG or DC. So you would see everybody um, with their little Sabiato keychains or whatever. All of the basically all the PG, DC, MoCo people mm-hmm. at the train station. And on a Friday evening, like after their four o'clock class or whatever, 
They get on a train to go home, to get dressed, to go to La Pearl, go to wherever. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it was, that was the culture. And then we used to have, I know, see y'all, that was, that was another thing about y'all. Like y'all had G, G, GHOE is amazing for so many reasons, but y'all had some of the greatest, like, greatest college go-go's ever. Like, and, but we had some, like, I'll tell people, like, they don't really have it, like, as much no more. But we used to have seven, eight go-go's a semester. Like, we used yeah. to have a go-go on a Wednesday. Like, it'd be like, you know what I'm saying? And and, and and then it got to, you know, you meeting people and stuff. It'd be dudes from in, from Brooklyn or Oakland or somewhere like that in there. They, you know, they dancing all weird, but they know that's where all the girls went. And they captivated by it. You know, but I remember one time. We was and it was a random day. Morgan was like, "We got a surprise for all of y'all. All of y'all, um, they said all of the regional kids. <laughs> we got a surprise for y'all. It was like a Wednesday. It was like uh the day before I love Morgan Day or something like that. You know, we all outside at the student center and all of that stuff. And um, we we was walking to classes. Like we got, I don't know if y'all been to Morgan, but we got this long communication bridge and other bridge. Yeah. People hang out and stuff. So um, everybody's walking to classes." And uh, the football stadium is outside, so you can hear the echo of whatever is going on over there if it's loud enough, like the band practice or whatever. So I'm talking to my man, and I hear some drums, <laughs> and I'm like, that don't sound like, you know, the Morgan band. And then all you hear is, um, uh, you hear like a kick, and then you hear bust it wide open, and I tell her. And then, like, so the whole, everybody starts looking at each other, walking to class. And this dude runs straight through um, the back of the, the uh, damn, what dorm is that? Um, Baldwin or Cummins or one of them. I think it was Cummins. He runs to the back to the football field. And he was like, hey, TCB down here. Like, it's a warm day. So <laughs> girls got their heels on and all of that. All you see is people literally divert from going straight to the right, running from both directions. People screaming, TCB down there. But in the matter of maybe 15 minutes it had to be at least 4,000 students out there partying at TCB noon on like a Wednesday the midday binders and book bags all on the floor people just <laughs> girls shaking their ass niggas just, it was just crazy like in the middle of the day like we had so many experiences around with involving go go culture, and then I, when I went to my first geo, it was like uh, we had back, they they had back and TCB for like fifteen dollars or something. Like that. You go home and see back and TCB for seventy five dollars. I'm talking like an oh nine ten. You see them for like seventy five hundred dollars together, and they had it for fifteen dollars. And bro, it was just it was just different, bro. It was a different time. So you know, with that being said, I also wrote the book because I know that people understand that the 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 the, the area is changing, and people want to preserve our culture. And it's like I want you know my kids probably won't have the same experiences as me because social media times are a little bit different. But I want them to have some experience and understand our culture and what it means. You know what I'm saying? So I want to try to do my part to help keep it alive as best as possible. You know what I'm saying? So that was another reason I wrote the book. And, and where where can they, they find the book? Uh, you know, they want to purchase it. I need to make my purchase and stop loafing. So where where can they find it? Hard copies and ebooks are available on Amazon, 
iTunes, Walmart.com, Barnes and Noble, pretty much everywhere. You can just search Bounce Beat Baby on Google and it'll come up. Um, and Amazon carries both hard copies as well as ebooks. And, um, you know, that was another thing. I, I got a whole lot of ebook, I mean, excuse me, hard copies. I was selling them and, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, a lot of stuff shut down, but. Hey, you know, when your stuff is available on the internet, it's a blessing so it can get shipped to people's house and stuff. Especially if you got Prime, one day they they make, you know, they, they make it and sell it in one day. So, yeah. All right, man. Uh, anything, any shout outs you want to give to the people out, you know, who's listening? I want to give a shout out to all of the HBCU players that's like right now, like, damn, I don't know. If I'm going to make it no more, you know, the, the combine got shut down. My pro days got shut down. I just, I think there's a, uh, especially some of the teams I talked to with the, with the success of Darius Leonard, Tariq Cohen, et cetera, that the shift is there and they understand how important HBCU football is. I think a lot of guys are going to be surprised when they hear their name. I just want, you know, this overall discussion is important because I really care about HBCUs and I really want us to continue to thrive and not have to lose our schools, lose accreditation and, and, and all of this stuff. So I, I, you know, I appreciate combos like this. I just want to shout y'all out for having me on and, um, everybody in Raider Nation and the HBCU world, let's continue to strive and achieve greatness. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's my whole thing. I dig that, Rob. You want to shout out anybody? No. Shout out to you, man, for coming on our platform. You know, we like you said, we need people to champion, especially HBCU players. And the fact that you taking that mantle on is a big deal. So, shoot, we got to do everything we can to, you know, support people like you. I appreciate carrying that. that flag. So, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, and um, I appreciate. You know, any and everyone who's listening, uh, taking time out during the quarantine to, you know, to listen to, to some real gems, uh, about HBCU sports, HBCU athletes, uh, Raider Nation, <laughs> and, uh, everything yes, in between. Sir. So, uh, before we get up out of here, you're the guest. Any song you want us to close out on? Song? <laughs> uh, damn, what, what's my favorite song right now? My favorite song right now would have to be, um, I don't know, I still, my favorite song right now would still probably have to be Lil Baby and 42 Doug Grace. Bruh, that's, that was that's, the best I song on that album, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that, know, them two short too. niggas, I don't know, that song was good. <laughs> nah, it's a fact, bruh, I'm, I'm, that's definitely my favorite on, on his album. I was like, bruh, they floated, bro, like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's that's dope. So Malik, man, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a long time coming. Uh, shout out to homie Damo. I remember uh, when we were doing our show, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get Malik on the show. Like when the time is right, I gotta reach out to your boy Malik because he wanted the realest doing it. So um, appreciate you, yeah, sir. So like I told you, I was re- I'm ready whenever. I'm I'm definitely happy that we finally got it done. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a long time coming, and you know more to come. Uh, y'all, y'all go follow him. I'm gonna put all your like, you know, your social media in the description. And uh, yeah, man, y'all, y'all be easy. We gonna we gonna go out the grace uh, by little baby and forty two Doug. So until the next time, y'all, peace. Peace. Yes, sir.
Call out new flames and need them blue. 350,000, I never two new down no roof. I still see the skies. These are my grandma, I still see my guys. Turn this bad, must have felt let down. Heard it down, said, huh, what you gon' bet now? Yeah, you used to be a tour, bitch, a vet now. Luke, get up, dog, y'all need you. Only nigga made sure that I was eating. Free and that still nigga, RP Reese. Get her nails done, still charge for the feature. Baby, we ain't that, no, we ain't this. All that fuck, I don't do no kiss. Bitch, ain't shit words with my niggas all in my mansion. Bitch really wanna get hired To the little hoes, I'm Bryce How to hit more shit than Mike Tyson Get poppin' nigga, I ain't doin' no fight Sendin' my cash, I ain't doin' no right Car too fast, can't stop it, no light I hit the gas, it's great, and I pull off I'm on that ass, I just took a year off She shakin' her ass, come in when she get off Took half a meal for my little brother to get off That new Richard Mill made me feel like a boss Feel like I'm me when I'm ridin' these cars Who you know pull up, hold on to Raj in the farm I got designer for days, but it's somethin' about him Go crazy for white apples, one, maybe cause I'm a dope boy he be loud, but he ain't making no noise. Bitch, the door on the ground like a skateboarder. If I want her, I get her, I pay for her. I pay extra, I ain't trying to wait for her. Everything that I got, it was made for me. I was serving them trap house faithfully. Everybody with me gotta eat. Say you crazy with me. Thou should not try one of us. If they do, I'm a bust. Please don't reach for no chain. Not about to say, but it's more by respect. If they give me upset, they gon' die. That's on gang. Ran on my check when I walk in the bank. They greet me at the door by my government name. I made a promise I'm never gon' change. Rose Rose umbrella, I'm hoping it rain. Yeah. Right back on it, design of my garments, corner store mornings, stand to the sun down, I don't trust no one, I can't put my gun down, going number one now, how this out, hands down, bands out, pants down, yeah, I'm thugging, I done got rich, everybody my cousin, he ain't serving no pass with me, he ain't my brother, that chopper go through shit, I call it a cutter, I just bought a new whip, I went bought another, my mother, she happy now, ain't no cabin gown, but I graduated, her house paid for, and that new Mercedes, know you see that they been trying to be me lately, I'm a heavy hitter like Javante Davis, that shit ain't gonna save him, leave him on the pavement, all I know is get this motherfucker. Thou should not try one of us. If they do, I'm a bust. Please don't reach for no chain. Not about to say, but it's more by respect. If they give me upset, they gon' die. That's on game. Ran on my check when I walk in the bank. They greet me at the door by my government name. I made a promise I'm never gon' change. Rose Rose umbrella, I'm hoping it rain. Bitch, ain't shit, doggy moan. I get it. Better love twice, had me in my feelings. Three months drop, damn near half a million. Nigga, fuck a house, I done damn lost the building. Fuck niggas, so so see when they kill me. I miss kids, but shit was different. I miss that first piece of my niggas, damn near when they tell me they kill you, ain't rat, nigga, fuck on 13,000 VBS buffs on Still a flooded nigga town with a truckload Get the head and I'm out, I don't trust hoes If the feds in the house, a nigga told on me I pray to God my soul to keep G5 just be his murder Gotta get picked up, doggy, I'm hurt Still pay the lawyer even though I'm nervous Thou should try one of us, if they do, I'm a bust Please don't reach for no chain Not about to say, but it's more by respect If they give me upset, they gon' die, that's on game Ran on my check when I walk in the bank They greet me at the door by my government name I made a promise I'm I'm never gonna change. Rose Rose umbrella, I'm hoping it rain. Yeah.